James Gapfiller Barnes. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the former leader of the free world of Tennessee. It's the one and only Merzane. What's happening, my guy? Nothing much. Uh, currently plotting my retaking of that uh, of that property. Uh, of that mantle, that, it, that property here in Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, uh, that entire estate will be mine once more. Yeah, your subjects have, have been waiting, so you need to need to get on the ball. <laughs> Soon, my children. <laughs> exactly. So you might be wondering what we're talking about today and why Merzane is here. You're probably expecting a TTS special report. Well, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, and since TTS is in an interesting format this year, there's not really like pre-planned like matchup discussions. What we're gonna do is just keep trucking along with regular house party protocol level episodes, but uh, we're going to be popping in for some roster reviews and roster talks and stuff like that. So like I've said before, send us over your rosters. You can send them. If you're a part of our discord community on the roster talk tab, you can send them to me via direct message, either on Facebook or on the uh, discords. I'm at HPP underscore will on all the, main discords you can find me there so yeah that's what we're going to do today and uh i've got warfare weekend coming up this weekend so merzane how do you feel about uh, going over my list which we've kind of talked about before but kind of glossed over and then also we have a listener's list to talk about how do you feel about that sounds good to me I would love to tear into your list and tell you why it's uh, tear into it. It's good. It's good. It's real good. It's good-ish. I feel like my list is good-ish. The listeners' list, though, I feel like it's pretty darn good. <laughs> so I, I think they're both really good. All right. Well, let's dive straight into the action, and we'll start off here with saying a couple of caveats. All right. I'm still taking Convocation because I'm going to play what I'm familiar with at an event. And I want to take a second to maybe discuss just event stuff again real quick. Like we've talked about this, I think, before every major event that I've participated in. And I feel like it's also, it's just worth stating, you know, hey, you're going to an event. Maybe you're new to Marvel Crisis Protocol. Maybe you're new to the event scene. And one of the things I have to encourage people that are newer to the game, to the event scene, all of that, is, you know, just enjoy yourself. Have fun. Play what you know. Play what you think is fun. Don't listen to people like me and Merzane when we say, say, oh, this thing is trash or that. I mean, that's not how we do. But I'm just saying, like, just if you, if you like something, play that thing. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. And, and don't put too much pressure on yourself to have a good time because at the end of the day, that's what you're there for is to roll dice, meet friends, and have fun. So that would be yeah. 
my two cents and hydrate. Very much so. Yeah, I, I truly believe that in this game, uh, more so than a lot of other games, particularly like miniatures games, you can you can play what you want and like get success if you know what you're doing. And uh, like you you put at least a small amount of thought into how the synergies with your uh, with what you brought work like a whole bunch of random people. Maybe not. But if you have an idea like how Fury did with the Avengers, uh, the Avengers initiative, uh-huh. uh huh. then I think you can make that that idea work. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm excited for this one. It's going to be fun. It's going to be chill. And it's uh, hosted by a guy named Tim Simpson. I'd got to meet him at NashCon and I know he's been a listener for a long time. And if you're coming up to Warfare Weekend, I'm excited to see you and make sure to say, hey, I'll have my uh, house party protocol hat on so you'll know it's me and uh, may or may not have one of my shirts on. So you also know it's me with that. But uh, either way, uh, I'm excited for this event. I went to Warfare Weekend a few years ago. I think it was 2018, something like that. Like before MCP was announced, or like right after MCP was announced. So yeah, that would have been 2018, right? Um, I think so. 19? Yeah, that sounds about right. No, this game's not been out for four years. Look, man, your numbers don't mean anything to me. This is so true. But it was right after MCP was announced and they had like a little demo set or something like that. And I was Mm going to try a demo. Uh, Jay Larson was going to be there doing demos, all this stuff. Not that you know who these people are if you're listening per se. But I went for Guild Ball with a friend of mine. Had a great time. Met Vince from the taco truck and got to play him in a match. He ate my lunch with his alchemists. It was... Still a really good time. I learned a lot about Guild Ball, and that was really my first competitive, competitive event with people that I just I didn't know personally. And so it was a really welcoming environment, and Warfare Weekend as an event and everything, it's smaller, but it's really good. And if you're ever thinking about putting it on your list of events to go to, highly, highly recommend it. So, ooh, also... I'm going to get to meet uh, Mike Cousins from Epic Duck Studios up there, and I am stoked for that because his painting is amazing. Nice. Yeah. I, I went to Warfare Weekend before it was Warfare Weekend. So. Really? Yeah, when it was War Machine Weekend, we went, and uh, it was the year the guy from Australia came and threw up on the floor around one and Iron Man did through <laughs> the last chance qualifier all the way through to the Invitational and won. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's impressive. It it was fun. (laughs) Yeah, wow, okay. So with that, let's talk about how my list is going to throw dice up everywhere here. And um, we're going with the Wizards and Wires theme. It's the name of the list is Wizards and Wires. And you could probably assume that it's full of convocation people and sentinels. So, Merzane, we've got, starting from the top with the characters... Ancient One, Baron Mordo, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Voodoo, Wong, Sentinel Mark IV times two, Sentinel Prime, Cassandra Nova, and Hood. So the idea being Hood and the Sentinels Prime, all the Mark IVs, are a match made in heaven because he can heal them 
very easily, and they don't have to worry about the bleed damage, which I really love. And they kind of need that healing, I feel like, which is why I think Wong as a two-threat here with the Sentinels is solid. It's not great. I think you lose a little bit, but if you get efficiency out of your Sentinels, then it's not too big of a deal. And the idea is that I want to play... I want to play Sentinels. Like that's what I want to have on the table if I can, if the matchup makes sense. But I also realize that I'm kind of hamstringing myself by saying I want to play Prime and two Mark Force. Like, that's what I want to do. And like we said earlier, the fun factor and all that stuff, like that's that's what I'm gonna try to get as much as possible on the tabletop. But I do feel like that Sentinels play well with Convocation. So I feel like there's a good bit of overlap there. How do you feel about these characters? And is there any like glaring holes here? Because I, I think I have a couple. Um, I think for the most part, I like what you've got going. Um, I really like the hood synergy. I think that was really clever. Uh, it takes like the downside, right? Yeah. And makes it into something that doesn't matter. Um, I actually use Wong in my Sentinel shield list. And uh, he's been great. Uh, not only does he give you the healing, which I actually don't heal as much as I thought I would. What he typically does is he gives people power. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's another reroll for Sentinel Prime or um, you can give them a power at the first turn or yeah, as your first turn. And then if they go for like a middle objective, uh, you've got a pull online. And but, so you can move, pull them with the restraint cables and then that character can hit them usually your prime so that they can, the prime can get the extra, the extra power. And then the next Sentinel can move up and shoot them and get rerolls from the prime. Exactly. And then the next Sentinel can move up and shoot them. So like it creates like really cool early pressure. Uh, and I don't think like Wong's really had an affiliation where he could do that super well until now. Um, but I do think there are a couple of glaring holes and I think we will probably agree on at least one of them. Yeah. So I agree with you on Wong. I think Wong, it's like, you know, being able to help the efficiency of the Sentinels and being able to turn on their restraint cables turn one, I think is a very important deterrent as well as just like, okay, if your opponent does go for that middle objective, well now you can pull them closer to your squad and, and maybe dunk on them, maybe try to steal an extract, something. But either way, I, I definitely like Wong for that reason because originally I was like, oh yeah, I'll just put advanced R&D in and then the Sentinel, I'll just activate one of the Sentinels. They're going to go and then I'll just let them get their power and then they'll they'll do their, their advanced R&D. But no, no, they don't get their power till the end of their activation. So uh, just uh, keep yeah. that little tidbit it Don't be mind. like that. I know, I know. It made me really sad. But, but, that being said, I think my biggest question mark in terms of characters here, it, I mean, and, and in terms of convocation, right? Ancient One, Mordo, Supreme, and Voodoo, those are staples. Like, they're, they're, they're pretty much always going to be there. You know, Strange, Voodoo, Mordo is an incredible starting spot for a squad i love it it works great so i'm not too upset with with what i've got in convocation wise but when i look at cassandra nova right like i'm on record 
saying Cassandra Nova is a D-tier character at best. And I, I feel like that with Sentinels, she's got a little bit of play. Because if you read the tactics card, Efficient Machines, which I will do right now because it is currently in this list. Efficient machine, Machines is a Sentinels-only card. It's reactive, but it's during the power phase. An allied Cassandra Nova may spend three power to play this card. Until the end of the round, allied Sentinels characters. So only Sentinels characters within range three of Cassandra Nova treat block results as wild results. That is very strong. Very strong. Very good. However, you're paying the Cassandra Nova tax. And Cassandra Nova has play in certain scenarios, but she's going to be hanging out on those back lines, trying to plink away, maybe getting a mind possession off, which is her six dice range three attack that costs one power. Or... Maybe she's using Psychic Distraction regularly. Maybe she's trying to do her Biokinesis, so she's spending her power as she's getting it. And paying the tax for a character that's a 2-3-4 stat line, it feels a little tough. Mm-hmm. And then you're banking that everyone's going to be clumped up, which when we get to Crisis Selection, like I've tried to clump up Crisis as much as possible, but still... When when we when you think about when you're gonna deploy Cassandra Nova, right? So we're Sentinel Prime, that's five, that's your leader. A Mark Four, that's four, and then Cassandra Nova, that's another five. So you're already at like thirteen threat without another Sentinel. Or if you have another Sentinel in there, you're looking at eighteen. Yeah, I think it's fourteen if you do uh, Cassandra Prime and a, and a Mark IV and eight. Yeah, that's it. Fourteen. I said thirteen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so all of that to say, I think Cassandra Nova is the biggest question mark I have right now, and the the biggest part of it is is efficient machines worth her tax? Um, I think at least in this build, it is not. I think that Cassandra Nova. I think efficient machines does make her like much more playable. Um, I think you have to build the right list for it and it may or may not involve the tactics card under your skin to make someone into a Sentinel. Right. And uh, it may or may not involve Sentinels getting a few more characters injected into their, um, into their lineups. You can go a little bit wider and give more access to that because right now I don't feel like the, the, the Sentinels we've got don't really care that much about it. Like, it makes them more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> but not, like, that much more. And I think you had it, like, I think you hit the nail on the head, too, about Cassandra knows that it's very hard for her to get all her power. A little bit easier in Sentinels, where she's getting a little bit extra power. But, like, she's a character that can spend her power. Easily. And doesn't get it very well. Exactly. And and that's been my experience is that she just needs that one little thing to push her over the edge on power gen and she would be fine. But because mm-hmm. she's only got the five dice with a sap, which you look at that, you're like, man, that's exactly like voodoo's, except it's one range longer, whatever. It's exactly like voodoo's. Why does voodoo gain power at an incredible rate and Cassandra Nova doesn't? And that's because voodoo also gets a power when he rolls a skull at any point in the game when he rolls a skull. So 
he's he's stacking that power generation. If Cassandra Nova just had that, she'd be fine. Her, she'd be finer. She'd be okay. That's that's probably a better <laughs> way to put it. But she also, you know, you could play her in the convocation. But interestingly enough, because she only has a four mystic defense and no real defensive mystic tech, she doesn't really get that much of a benefit out of it. Like, you'll get some extra benefit when you play, you're playing a Poldock turn, which is your reroll any on mystic attacks and stuff like that. So, like, you'll get a little bit of play out of that, but I don't think that you get enough, again, to warrant all of this. Now, here's the problem, though, Mersane. If I drop Cassandra Nova, any time I play Sentinels, it is locked in that I have to play all three of them. And how, I personally am okay with that because that's how I want to play it anyways. But I feel like that's a little predictable. Well, you are dual affiliating, so it's there's going to be certain point values where your opponent is going to have to decide whether they think you're going to bring one or the other, and that gives you a little bit of control over, um, over how you like approach the table because if they bring the wrong thing, you might have an advantage. Right. Um, and the only time I think you're really uncomfortable is at like 14 points and sometimes 15 points, depending on like what the crisis combination is. Yeah. And the, and the matchup, but you can just uh, like swing to convocation to fill up that gap. And I do think uh, I do have a, um, a suggestion that makes it, which I don't think it's the Cassandra Nova replacement, but I do have a suggestion for a different character replacement that could help you shore that up a little bit. Um, well, let's hear it. So, well, I want to, I want to get through with the Cassandra Nova discussion first, but okay. I'll just go ahead and tell you who my suggestion is. I suggest for this slot, and it's going to sound really whack. You add another two threat to your lineup. I was thinking that too. Um, I have found in my Sentinels list that having uh, two threat, Two two threats is a uh, very valuable. Yeah. So for me, I was looking at Toad. He kind of hit the top of the list for me because I feel like that the I've played a, a few games with Sentinels at this point, and the biggest blind spot for them is at least playing the extract game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they have to play it just enough so that they don't get blown out in three turns. They, they kind of have like web they're, they're really strong on, on secures like web warriors are mm-hmm. uh, but unlike web warriors they don't really have a lot of ways to get to or get extracts from people aside from uh murder and making him uh making it harder for them to run away from them yeah um I think there's I think the two options in my opinion I think toad is one the other one is black widow yeah uh Toad is good if you want to do extracts. He's also pretty good on secures. Uh, his incinerate helps your guys out a little bit. He's got some pushes. So. He's also kind of hard to kill and hard to lock down. Yeah. So he kind of shores up some of that. But Black Widow, um, she's very maneuverable. She's not as good on extracts, but she's just, she's basically like, she takes what she's not good on extracts and puts it into being good on secures. Uh, she's kind of hard to remove in a lot of situations. Yeah. And with she's her. faster. Stealth, yeah, her speed and martial the, artist, martial artist, exactly. And then 
the potential to clap back with a little, uh, what is it, Counter-Strike. And I, I yep. played into her recently, and I've forgotten like how decent she was. Like She's one of those models that it's like, you just don't feel good attacking her. And, yeah. and it, it's, it doesn't feel like you're accomplishing anything when you put damage into her. I, um, I actually used her last week, uh, me and my friend, Dipple Pig, who I've talked about a few times, were mm-hmm. playing his Black Order into my shield with my Sentinels. Uh, he ended up going against shield with Prime, and uh, I basically gave him Black Widow. I put Black Widow up on an intrusion to just, like, bait him, and yeah. he took it. Thanos kidnapped her with his uh, his abilities, punched her for no damage because of martial artist, <laughs> and then Proxima came up and attacked her for no damage because of martial artist, and then Corvus came up and attacked her for no damage because of martial artist. So he kidnapped one of my characters, a two threat that I don't care about, right? Um, and then didn't get any work done. Which we talked about the math. It's like not great that all these characters don't do damage, but it's also not great that he doesn't take all the characters to do to get the finisher. Right. So he basically put his whole team into killing black widow, got nothing for it. And even if he did, I, I didn't care. Right. I, I wanted him to get hung up on black widow and he did. Right. And I, I think um, that something like that's really like smart in terms of when you're playing such a tall list, like Sentinels is going to be being like, okay, you, you have this and not my big machines that I needed to get work out of. Yep. Exactly. She's, She's just tough enough to kill that, like, she actually creates a distraction, but she's cheap enough you don't care, and she's fast enough to get to where you need to go. Yeah. Um, her phys- her output isn't that good. Like, I don't think her and her and Toad's, you know, attacks aren't what you're bringing them for. No. Uh, Toad's are slightly better and set up for your, your other guys, but uh, Black Widow being able to occasionally stagger someone can also just swing a game. Oh, absolutely. And and you have to account for it. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't just be like, oh, yeah, she can't do anything. Oh, no, she can get a stagger off if she gets lucky. Yeah. And late game when people are injured and getting low on health, uh, Black Widow kind of creates an issue where she'll be sitting somewhere doing stuff. And your opponent won't want to hit them because if they're on one or two life, Counter-Strike might just remove a character from the table and end their turn and now you get a basically a free turn for two exactly. power. It's it's it'd be real good. <laughs> so. That that came up in the Black Order matchup. Like there were several characters on their injured side, couple of hit points left, like Corvus Proxima and Baron Zemo, all weak and Black Widows in a really uncomfortable spot for him. And he's like, well I want to attack her, but if I fail like I have been, I might just die. And uh, I think Corvus did. It was Corvus or Proxima. One of the two hit her, and she finished him off with the Counter Strike. Wow, that's just amazing. Yeah, it it it. She does a lot more than people realize. I think it's because she's like an early model, and people have been discounting her kind of from the start. Oh yeah, because uh, Akoye was so. She came out, and then Akoye was just so clearly better. And I think people have just forgotten that like Black Widow is still pretty good. Yeah, that original core box still solid, still very solid. Yep. Now, yep. l- let me ask you this. Now, this is this is like the off-the-wall inclusion that seems like it could be okay, maybe. And that's Honey mm-hmm. Badger. I, or I thought of Honey Badger. <laughs> so, Toad was my, like, initial thought, right? Because of the extract play, and, and I feel like that, it, again, it, playing at Sentinels, 
you are going to be down on points. Just accept it. I'm telling you right now, just, just be prepared. You're going to be down in points. What you have to be able to do with Sentinels, in my experience, is claw back to even by systematically dazing and, and playing that secure game. And it's okay to move and attack with your Sentinels. Like, that was something that I had to learn. I was like, all right, I'm just going to park these big, big giant robots in the middle of the board and just pull people in and delete them. Didn't work that way. It works that way sometimes. But anyway, so Toad was my first thought there. Then I thought, okay, well, how can I ensure that my damage goes through? And that's like, oh, well, how about a little walking incinerate bomb? I don't know. I would like Honey Badger. Uh, and she also lets you get Jonathan the Unstoppable, which is kind of cute um, and replaces efficient machines. Uh, meaning you can kind of keep a back point clear and like move forward and do stuff. My issue with her is, yeah, you're going to be behind on points, but you want to have a game plan for getting back. That's not just kill. Exactly. Um, and she's kind of detrimental if you're behind. Uh I think in certain matchups, like against Black Order, right? Like, I think she's fine because you you can take her and uh, you don't want to necessarily take uh, exceptional healing just for her, but you could, and then right. she's harder to kill. But you really want most of your characters to be to be able to contribute to the scenario. Exactly. I think if you, I think if you wanted a damaging two, you'd be better off with Bullseye. You can stay a little safer. He doesn't enable everyone else, but he you can judge the battlefield and apply little bits of damage where you need to push the last few uh, points of damage through either through like his I never miss or his bleeds. Right. Um, and ignoring cover like, which is, which is very relevant, very relevant. So I, I agree with you. So I think this Cassandra Nova slot, I've, I've got two other things that I think about with this slot. And that is winter soldier. And Nick Fury Sr. I hmm. personally prefer Sr. Because right. I like his big base and his siblings in arms thing where, you know, placing around the bigger base with these bigger models I think makes a lot more sense. Because his, his Royal Decree-esque thing I think is just super good with oh, yeah. Sentinels. But the problem is it makes point values wonky. Yes, very so much so. That's why Winter Soldier is one where he kind of stands out. And I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, Winter Soldier and Sentinels, just set it, forget it. And I'm like, I think there's some exploration we can do here. Yeah, I, I don't think your core for Sentinels involves Winter Soldier necessarily. I think he's very good. And I will, spoiler alert, I'm going to recommend him in a minute, but not for this slot. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I do also like Nick Fury senior, uh, incinerates again, very good. Got your backs pretty good. Um, sneakily and oh, yeah. just being like a decent physical attacker actually means a lot in Sentinels since like your primary gun is your energy. Right. Sometimes having like a five die shot or being able to do their spender to flurry into the five die shot. It like just, just helps a lot. And oh, they yeah. help turn on his, he can be a little power star sometimes. Uh, and Sentinels can help shore up a little bit of that. And then Wong can turn on that early, that turn one uh, Royal Decree, like we talked about. Exactly. And uh, 
or he can just move forward and shoot someone and do it himself and then Royal Decree, and then Wong can turn on the pool. So you have like a whole bunch of like Rube Goldberg machine things you can do with that character in that slot. Right. But um, let's let's think about the point values that would be associated with that. So if we take him yep. and we've got Prime and the two Mark IVs, so that would be mm -hmm. 16 threat. That's super awkward because there's only a couple of 16 threat crises. I think Research Station being one of them and... Then you've got Mayor Fisk, which I don't really want Mayor Fisk. No, you don't. So we're looking at just research stations. So then, okay, let's let's continue down this path of what what kind of threat value we'd be looking at. Would I be okay playing a point down there to have that character? And I don't think that I would. I think I'd rather just play Dr. Voodoo to make it 17. Like if we pull a 17, boom, here comes Dr. Voodoo. I totally agree with that. Right. I so think then that is your one issue. Let's continue down the train, right? So now we're at 18, right? We're at 18 mm -hmm. threat. We've got the three three Sentinels characters. Would I want Wong and Fury Senior or maybe that's Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme there? Yep. Or you know, Hood and Wong. Or, or Hood and Wong, right? Like so so like Fury Senior, I think, synergizes very well and and has a lot of play. I just don't know when I would play him consistently enough to have him take up a slot in the list. Yeah, I, I think he's fantastic if you're playing pure or if you're dual affiliating shield like I am. Completely agree. Uh, in your list, I think your shenanigans isn't your sentinel motto. It's your convocation motto. So you don't need him to enable things because you have an affiliation dedicated to enabling this stuff. Exactly. Um, I think the only way you take him is if you replace a different character with Winter Soldier. And I, I don't think you, I still think you would be better served with another two threat in this slot and Winter Soldier somewhere else. Yeah, I could feel that. So, all right. So we're still, we're still trying to figure out the Cassandra Nova slot. I'm definitely leaning Black Widow here, because I like what you said. That'll also free up a tactics card slot, which we haven't gone over my tactics cards yet, but we will in a minute. I want to hear yep. some other character selection choices that you might have, because it seems like you have a couple. I actually only have one. I actually really like a lot of your list. I think there's just enough really good staples and just enough really janky things that it piques my interest, aside from Nova and also Ancient One. Um, Ancient One is really good in Convocation, yes. But when I look at your list, I see four, uh, four, four threats. Yeah. And it becomes really, really awkward to fit four, four threats anywhere. Like, I think we kind of talked about, you know, in our breakdown of where would we put Fury Senior. A majority of the time, we're going to be putting down Voodoo as a four threat. And I think you and I both agree that, like, if there's another four points laying around somewhere, Another Sentinel is probably good, like if or if yeah. even splashing a Sentinel. I, I definitely and think splashing a Sentinel into Convocation is very spicy, especially if you can get Prime in there. Oh yeah, and then and then also um, like sometimes taking Wong and Black Widow is going to be just super good to go just a little bit wider if you can manage the uh, the affiliation. Um, 
So I just don't really see a good spot for Ancient One. Like, I don't think she solves any problems, and I don't think she skews you one way or the other in any meaningful way. Like, she's giving you better access to killing, but, like, not in Sentinels, because you're probably never going to take her in Sentinels, because they're fine at it. And in Convocation, I feel like you're taking that into a matchup you don't feel like killing is, like, your best, your number one goal. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so that's I, the thing. With with, with the, the Convocation, you want to be able to play the extract, or play the scenario, right? Play the yep. scenario, but also, like, a healthy application of death is is very good in with convocation yep. and being able to maximize like strange and stuff like that and uh ancient one kind of is a gap filler in some ways where she can kind of hang out and do her own thing and be kind of self-sufficient on her own and i don't have to worry about what the rest of the team's doing as it relates to her and right in matchups like Guardians of the Galaxy, she is especially good in Guardians or against Guardians because of the Rocket and Groot like thing. Like I consider them kind of like a five threat little combo, right? She can kind of upset that balance a little bit very nicely, I feel like. But I don't think I need her here because I think you're right. She doesn't really hit or fill any specific holes within either affiliation. Just a nice to have kind of thing, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're kind of like double dipping a little bit with her. I think like you're kind of doubling down on like very specific things and something more well-rounded would be good. And I yeah. think that's a good slot for your Winter Soldier because uh, she's kind of already sitting as a gap filler and Winter Soldier's literal name is Gap Filler Bucky Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he really is a gap filler, all right. James Gap Filler Barnes is actually his legal name. Yeah, we just call him Bucky. Yeah. Um but I think that opens up a lot of stuff for your um your Sentinels if you feel like you want to and need to, you know, run Prime Sentinel Winter Soldier. It automatic it suddenly makes you able to play them at 14 um with Wong or Black Widow if we decide to Black Widow route. And that's pretty good. That's a pretty good low threat team. That's kind of hard to deal with. Maybe not the best at a uh, sword or the set, the senators, but again, we're probably not looking at that. Um, you know, at 15, that's uh, what the, the Sentinels are seven. No, they're nine points. He brings it up to 12. That gives you room for hood at 15. Yeah. So you have the healing uh, or Mordo. Or if you decided to go the Nick Fury route, that's Nick Fury in there. And that's two got your bags. Yeah. Um, I like the Black Widow better for reference in this list. But yeah, I do too. He just opens up so many options for you that you don't have to take. But again, even if you don't put Bucky on the board every every game, your opponent's going to have to look at Bucky and say, okay, well, he can do this. Do I want to plan for it? And if they zig when you zag, you might have a big advantage in that matchup. And... He doesn't do a whole lot for convo, but like being a back point sitter with a physical attack and convo is still fine. Uh, he doesn't benefit from the books, but it's fine. I think he's he's still a threat they have to deal with, and he's going to be something different than what Convo's doing. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, Bucky would probably really only be there for the Sentinels matchups, which 
are going to be your close in, you know, fights kind of kind of matchups with him kind of hanging off to the side, shooting back at people whenever the giant robots get dazed because Lord knows they get dazed. But I do like I do like Bucky. I just feel like maybe I'm wrong in this, but maybe I feel like I'm sacrificing something by having Bucky in there instead of something else. I don't know what else. But like I recently played a match with my convocation, and this is gonna sound ridiculous, but I had Space Maw at 15 threat. It was Supreme, Space Maw, and Voodoo. That was it. That was my roster or my squad. And I was able, thank God for dice rolls, really, but I was able to kind of control a lot of the board and systematically take out my shield opponent's team kind of around the board. And so, like, I've got Prime kind of as, like, my heavy hitter along with Doctor Strange here. But, like, does does this Ancient One or Cassandra Nova spot need to be something like a Space Maw or... Or something like maybe a Ghost Rider or something. Is that even should we flirt with that? I think with Sentinels, Sentinels bring enough heavy firepower that you're looking in your splashes for for hole fillers and utility. Point round outers. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and things that like give you some utility that they don't have access to, like the healing, the 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 status removal, some extra power generation, stuff like that. And with convocation, like you're already a big toolbox. And like you said, I think I think the Sentinels can can splash in and take the role of your heavy hitter. They're like somewhat predictable heavy hitters, but they're solid for what they do. Sure, yeah. Um, adding in another one just creates weird decision trees at the beginning of, at, at your turn zero, where you're having to decide, you know, which which of these heavy hitters is the one I want to take for this particular matchup. And you'll probably lean one way or the other the majority of the time. And I think my prediction is you'll usually lean towards the Sentinels because they're cool and they're the new one and they're the focus. Yeah. Um, And trying to add in another one just kind of messes with the flow of both sides. And you really need to be building a a list that like flows both ways really easily. Yeah. Rather than like leaning hard. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. So. I think I'm going to go ahead and take out Cassandra Nova and add in Black Widow, the two threat variant. So I'm definitely doing that. And then I think Ancient One for Bucky makes a lot of sense. Now, I don't have, I have a lot of experience against Bucky, not a ton of experience playing as Bucky. And I know that using Hydra tactics efficiently is very key to his play and it's range two of an ally to place him within range one. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Make sure I get that right. So let's talk about tactics cards now. So we've got the Ironbound books, Shuma Gorath, Plane of Poldock, Bar with No Doors, Directive One, Online and Operational, Smash, Efficient Machines, but that's getting dropped. We're already going to drop that out. Recalibration Matrix, and then for my restricted slots, we have Brace and Indomitable. And the reason why I have both of those is because Malekith specifically. I do not want to have Sentinels thrown into each other or other people. And 
that is the most valid reason to have them. I think in in most of my uh, lists with Sentinels, it's going to be Brace and Indomitable or Sacrifice. I think Sacrifice can swap for Indom sometimes, but I think Brace is probably better most of the time. Yeah, and I also thought about Follow Me. I really thought about Follow Me because Sentinels, they gain power. Yes. But they also like using their power to buff their attacks and using suppression protocols and stuff like that. So I was kind of like, eh, yeah. maybe not. But uh, yeah, it, go ahead. It, this actually one of my issues with online and operational is like online and operational can swing a game and it's super good. But spending eight power on your prime can sometimes be a very daunting ask. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sometimes you're do. on a time limit. Like sometimes you have like your primes activation before they lay into that sentinel that's injured. And you're like, all right, well, the prime has to gain four more power this turn. Exactly. And maybe not spend any because if I spend any, that means I, that I have to, I have to gain more power. Um, and then once you do that, you're like left with no power. Yep. And you're losing a lot of his reroll potential and his follow-up turn potential. So like, it can be rough sometimes. Um, good, it's still a great card, but it's uh, the eight power and that range restriction really make it hurt. They really make it hurt. I completely agree. I've I've learned that lesson multiple times. But uh, yeah, I think you know I've got recalibration matrix in here just because with sentinels you can roll some insane dice pools, and prime can help you with rerolls. But sometimes you just need that extra little bit, and so yep. and it and it doubles as a way to save them sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've got to find another tactics card here because I, I like all of these. I, I'm not really going to change anything here. And what are you thinking? There are two suggestions I have. Um, They're both the same card, but backwards. Uh, That's Warpath and Fallback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Your big, big old bases like moving re- like even short, and that's a lot of real estate. I think... If you took one over the other, it'd be because you wanted to be more aggressive or more defensive. But I like them in my lists a lot. Um, and I think they also can benefit your convocation a little bit. Like yeah. being able to maybe if you need to get somewhere, you could war path towards them and then uh, like do the the bar with no doors ability and move them or, or fall back and then do that as well. Yeah, fallback's one that I like with my convocation quite a bit. Warpath, not so much because I tend to I tend to play off and less aggressive with my convocation until like the right moment, so to speak. Yeah, and so I I, I don't necessarily I I like Warpath for the Sentinels specifically. I think that's really good with the Sentinels. But what about escort to safety? That's the other one that kept coming up for me when I was kind of like just browsing through, and I'm like. It seems really good because the Sentinels, if they don't have to interact with anything right away, they're going to have three power. So you can be a little overly aggressive with someone like a Hood or like a Supreme or somebody else, Voodoo, whatever, and be like, oh, I've got Escort to Safety in my back pocket, so we're okay. I think Escort to Safety is exceptionally powerful, especially for Sentinels, because like you said, you should have it online most of the time. Mm -hmm. My one issue with Escort, and this is my issue with taking it to an event specifically is that over the course of three or four rounds of an event, you're going to be thinking of a lot of decisions. And if one of those decisions is every time you move a character, making sure that you have an escort to safety line, which means you have a, like a clear path for that character to be pushed. That is not going to hit terrain or another one of your characters. 
and also potentially in a spot where your opponent isn't going to be able to just move their character behind you right? Uh, and block off your escort to safety anyway. Um, it can create a lot of like mental fatigue trying to keep up with that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a weird thing to think about like, oh yeah, this is really, really, really good, but it also may hurt your head a lot to try to figure it out. Right. Right. I feel <laughs> but, that. But in a, you you felt the strain at like NashCon and stuff when you're in a four five six round event like sometimes taking a simple easy decision like decision thing in your writ list somewhere which I talked about a little bit with like your turn zero decisions like making it easier on your turn zero decisions yeah that goes so long in the later rounds when you are a little bit less fatigued mentally at round five then your opponent who's who's got escort to safety and all these other power cards that require all the setup and all this thinking. And you're a little bit, you're just that little bit fresher. That's like an efficiency thing. Yeah. Um, I also think that adding it in at the 11th hour is a little hard because you really got to practice your positioning. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm used to playing it. Like I've had it in my convocation list for a while, so I'm competent and comfortable with it, but yep, I, I do feel what you're saying, especially there. Now, I've got, I, I've got, I don't use it because of that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I got another suggestion, and it's one that I am extremely comfortable with, and that's Eyes on the Prize. Because Doctor Strange starts with three, and he can get two hammers off the rip. I know hammers might not be as in favor as it once was, but being able to play Eyes on the Prize, get that early extract lead if your opponent, even if you don't have priority, and your opponent doesn't go for a middle objective, like, cool. You know, like, it's it's really good, and it can really catch people off guard. And, like, cube fragments, it's really good for that as well. You can get two of those early on Strange. Yeah, okay, you're taking the damage, whatever. But Eyes on the Prize is one that I'm very familiar with, very comfortable with. How do you feel about that? I, I think it might be a little too cute at times. I, I kind of think that too. I'm I'm kind of looking at one of the things I'm looking at right at this moment is you have three, well, technically two convocation cards, which well, means you need three more to shore them up, right? Right. If you're taking convocation. So you have Brace, Indomitable, and Recal. Because Smash is not probably not going to be taken unless you're using a Sentinel. Unless I take a only, Sentinel. Only on specific matchups and right. maps. Um. For Sentinels, you have Directive 1, which you won't use every time. Mm-hmm. Online and Operational, which I think you kind of just throw it in there. Because yes. if you can, you can. Yeah. Brace and Dom, of course. I think Smash are more likely to take all the time. And then I Recalibration am. Matrix. Yeah. So that means you have like four four cards in Sentinels you're probably taking. Directive 1 is situational. And you kind of have like four to five with um, with Convocation. But it feels like the slot really needs to be something that works in both i feel that okay eyes is really good i I think if again if we were looking at something pure eyes is great oh yeah but it's nothing you will ever use in sentinels unless for some reason you're splashing strange and i don't think that that's going to come up enough to warrant a tactic slot yeah that's you know that's fair and i i hate it (laughs) (laughs) sometimes the most efficient choices are not the ones we want to make yep so (laughs) here's here's just I'm just throwing out these suggestions because I think they're interesting. All right. Okay. Grievous Wounds. That's another one. 
because patch up is so popular right now. So popular. Being able to be like, oh, and by the way, Grievous Wounds, you can't heal that character. I would love Grievous Wounds with all of my soul if it didn't require you pay for it before you know if it'll work. <laughs> right. That is my only one yeah. singular problem. When it targets, it. yeah. You have right. to decide before you know. Um, now, that being said, um, I think some other cards that might be cool once I'm gonna I take find them back. in a room. I, I think it's fallback. If At the end of the day, I think that that's probably the answer because that way you can get that Sentinel that goes down into range of Sentinel Prime for an online and operational potentially. And and it plays well with Convocation, all that fun stuff. So I think that's probably the one. I think. Uh, the other two I was thinking, three. There's three that more than I'm thinking before you make your decision. Hmm. Mission Objective. Definitely, I love that. Very good one. Not usable at all on certain ones, like yep. uh, um, Research Station. But still good. No matter the cost, you don't like taking the damage, but sometimes being able to get like a double uh, suppression protocol mm-hmm. could swing a game. Um, and then also, uh, this one's more cute because I got to give a cute one somewhere. Right. I feel like I'm giving too many fun, too many like efficient ones. Uh, psychic shielding device, PSD. PSD, I was just looking at that. <laughs> uh, PSD is very funny, um, especially because you've got a lot of really good mystic stuff. It Again, it doubles down on things you're already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means like into convocation, there is a single turn where you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, no. And no. Well, since it is a competitive event, I think I'm going to go fall back here because I think that just makes the most sense competitively. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah. The only other option I can think I'm just is face me, but I don't think you want face me. I don't think you want to get punched. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I would rather not get punched off the rip if I can avoid it. Like, I like face me a lot, but I don't think it's the right play with how they have a weakness to physical, the Sentinels, that is. Yep. So, yeah. Well, your entire roster has a weakness to, to physical. <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> but but it, I feel like I can mitigate it a little more on my books turn there with the, with the Convocation, which this will be the first time in months that I'm playing Convocation without Shadowlands Daredevil. So it's going to be definitely like, all right, got to choose wisely here. Yeah, very much so. So, cool. I like this tax card setup. The last thing we got to talk about here, and unfortunately, we're not going to have time to get into the other roster, but we will be doing that. It's a Sentinels Foes roster. We'll make some time to get that done probably next week because I really want to talk about that roster. I think it's super fun, and unfortunately, we're just on a bit of a time crunch today. But my secure crises are Gamma Waves, Terrigen, and Intrusions. So that's 15, 20, and 19. And interestingly enough... I think Sentinels on 20 is actually not their best threat value. I kind of agree. But, but I think Terrigen is great. Terrigen's great <laughs> for them. It's great for them because they are all immune to poison. 
and you can take all of them, and then you just got to fill in seven threat worth of worth of stuff, or yeah, seven threat worth of stuff. So like that's a voodoo and a mordo, or a voodoo and a hood, something like that. I'm or, or winter, winter soldier, soldier and two twos and two twos exactly. So like, <laughs> so I, I think it's not necessarily the best, but I also think that that's a strong crisis for them against everybody but Malekith, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think it's matchup dependent and it's dependent on who you're playing is. But then I think that you're, uh, I think that convocation doesn't hate it and can play it. And they're also pretty good at 20. So like, Oh yeah, you got some game. I think, I think you've got enough flexibility there. I agree. So I don't have any issues with my crisis selection. Like 15 is probably the weakest, but at the same time, gamma sentinels are very good on gamma. And the teams that are especially good on Gamma really don't have any play into Sentinels. Yeah. So like Wakanda, uh, even Web Warriors have a hard time against the Sentinels on Gamma. So the only thing you have to watch yeah. out for is like leaving that back point alone and the Web Warriors running across or something like that. But overall, I feel feel really good. And then at 15 threat, if I'm playing Sentinels, again, like I think my secures are more set up for Sentinels with that being said. Yeah. But uh, playing Sentinels at 15, it's obviously all three of the Sentinels plus Wong or Black Widow. The, the only one I might look at for like change would be maybe Gamma for like, uh, what is it, the Deadly Meteors? But I don't think you need to. I think you're fine. Man, I, uh, I've been liking Deadly Meteors a lot lately, too. And the thing about Deadly Meteors as opposed to Gamma is I feel like Convocation can play Deadly Meteors very well too. Yeah. I I think you're I think you're gambling a little bit with Gamma, but if you win that gamble, like it's gonna be great. Yeah. I think so too. And how do you feel that I'm gambling there? Um, I think we're talking about Malekith, and uh I got absolutely rolled every time I played gamma. Uh, well, okay. One time I didn't get rolled. I played against, uh, guardians and had a good game. Uh, this is at Nashcon, by the way. Uh, but one time I played gamma, I played against Malekith, Modok and, uh, three thread. I can't remember. I think it was Luke cage. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. It might've been Luke cage. Yeah. For, you know, a cabal list. And it was very painful. <laughs> uh, and then the second time I played against Malekith on Gamma, it was Malekith, Hulk, and Bullseye. And that was also, well, that was way more painful. Like, I got follow me and absolutely destroyed. I, I could see that being really bad. Now, with that it, being said, though, what I think Sentinels have pretty decent play with Malekith, and I feel like Brace and Indomitable at least help mitigate that. And, like, I played into Malekith with the Sentinels the other day, and I ended up losing the match, into, you know, overall. But I was able to KO Malekith turn three. Impressive. And and so, like, you know, that was dumping everything I had, and, you know, suppression protocols, I got him incinerated, you know, all the stuff. So I think I can do it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't. I don't feel bad, but I definitely like the Deadly Meteors situation, but I still don't think Deadly Meteors changes the Malekith problem in that he's still going to be able to go and flip points if he wants to. Yeah. And the only thing it does is it 
it you can spread better right. and it gives you more points to deal with them, but it also gives him more points to deal with you. So it's kind of a give and take. Exactly. Exactly. So G- Gamma also can just randomly end turn three around three. <laughs> yeah. And Meteors doesn't, which which can matter um, yeah. when you're trying to go for the long game. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't hate it. I think I think either one is fine. I think set, I think Meteors is a little safer. Uh, but Gamma is the gamble. But if you win that gamble, you're going to win spectacularly. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. So I think I'm going to keep Gamma in because at the end of the day, I think it's more fun. Like I, earlier, I was like, oh, yeah, it's competitive. Let's put in fallback. But now I'm over here like it's more fun. So I want to play Gamma. And I just think that, you know, OK, if I run into Malekith, I'll just have to to play good, hopefully. And I'll have to yeah. bring out my good dice. Uh, I'll bring those out. Well, uh, on crises, you could do that, right? Because, like, you don't know if you're going to get them or not. Like, you may never see Gamma. You may right. never see the slot. So, right. like, having one that's kind of fun and also scratches your opponent's head a little bit is good. Exactly. So, extract crises, we got the hammers because hammers are fun. Research station, because I think 16 is a primo threat value for me. And then alien yep. ship, again, it's 20. I don't feel great about it, but I'm damn sure not putting legacy in there and spider infected scrolls like Montessi would be the only one that I feel like I could trade that out for. Uh, Montessi and scrolls seem like the two that I would, but I, I think that you can interchange scrolls and alien ship and not like miss a whole lot. Yeah. And I also just like the idea of playing with, the big models and having as much stuff on the board as possible because it sounds fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so there's that. Even though alien ship is so and, and scrolls are just so RNG, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh the nice thing about scrolls is that they can only double move sh- uh short away, but conversely, alien ships they can only like single move long if they're gonna move. Um it's just it's it's sort of back and forth. It's weird. Right. Right. So, I don't know. W- would you change out any of the extracts? I don't think you have any need to. Maybe uh, fear grips the world, um, but it's good in convocation, right? Like, so you're we're better in convocation, sort of. Right. But, like, I don't think you need to. I think fear grips is, like, the most common for a reason. One, it's fun, and two, it's typically pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be a little careful... If you're playing online and operational, not to put too many hammers on the prime and make it impossible right. to uh to play it. Because right. it, it can become impossible to play it. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But anyways, Merzane, we gotta put a bow on this one. And Suits, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's kind of been a brisk episode here, and we got a lot of minutiae in in the list building here today and I hope that you guys have found some value out of it I know at the end of the day it probably feels like just a a couple of people you know just talking and I I, kind of like that but I hope that it's gotten something for you suits out there and ways to think about not just sentinels and convocation lists but how to think about overall list building and things that can kind of be more neutral like you said about like tactics cards and stuff like that like thinking in those terms of like okay well when you bring this part of your list, you're pretty much guaranteed to bring these tactics cards. So maybe this extra, this 10th slot needs to be something that's more neutral for both sides of your dual affiliation list. I think that was really insightful. So, Merzane, where can people find you? You can find me on the Gamers Guild 
podcast where fine podcasts are sold and occasionally the YouTube channel and occasionally the TTS uh, league uh, discord where I help run it. There you go. That's right. So make sure to go follow the Gamers Guild and shout out to Merzane and uh, make sure that you send Merzane pictures of Omega Red, especially the tentacle area. That's his favorite part that he loves it. And especially he loves thinking about the sound those tentacles make as they go in and out of his arm. That's like the <laughs> favorite part, right, Merzane? I'm becoming more and more immune to it, but I still get pictures every now and then. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll just random Discord, someone will tag me with a picture of Omega Red. I'm not even part of the conversation. Omega Red's not being talked about. I just get tagged and I love it. That's good. And then I get, and then I get upset and then I love it again. Uh, yeah. So just keep doing that. Cause he's not upset for long people. He's not upset for long. So it's very funny. <laughs> I find it hilarious. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It like me being annoyed by something like that. Like it's so funny to me. Yes, it's great. So with that suits, make sure to follow us on Facebook uh, follow us on all the, the social media places that we are, House Party Protocol, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Check out our merch store. We'll have more designs coming up at the beginning of the year on that one, so I'm excited for that. And then also you can follow us on uh, Patreon if you'd like to join our Discord community. You have to go through our Patreon there. It's just, you know, it's little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You can come and be a part of that really great, amazing you know, the chillest, the illest, the realest, the thrillest community. I love it. Everyone over there is just really awesome, really kind, lots of good discussions. And when you first join in, you might get a message from a guy named Schultze, and he's going to say, hey, this is the best Marvel Snap Discord on the interwebs. <laughs> and, you know, he wouldn't be wrong because it's really good for Marvel Snap, too. We have a good discussion about that. It's, you know, we talk about Crisis Protocol. We talk about Snap. We talk about all kinds of stuff. But uh yeah, I, I love it. It's a great community. Those those people over there are just wonderful. And I can't express my gratitude to the suits over there that support me in that way. It's it's amazing. And if you'd like to be a part of that community, like I said, it's patreon.com slash house party protocol. And lastly, I want to say if you're interested in getting a battle box from Battle Kiwi, I know a lot of people have reached out to me saying that they got one. And a lot of the locals here in Memphis have one now. And you can use a 10% discount code. It's Party Kiwi, all one word, Party Kiwi. And you can get 10% off one order from their shop. So whenever you order there, if, you know, if you're trying to think like you, you see something and you're like, oh, I'll just come back and order again later, you can only use that 10% discount one time. So make sure you take advantage of that. And I highly recommend the Battle Box. It, it's pretty great. And uh, they're they're awesome over there at Battle Kiwi. So shout out to them. And uh, yeah, I think that's everything I've got, Merzane. Yep. Uh, I will I will second Battle Kiwi, though, because we're looking at getting some soon. So maybe, yeah. maybe not. I'll have one to come up to your uh, event in December. Do it. Do it. And hey, 10% off. Party Kiwi. Woo-woo. Exactly. <laughs> Party on, Merzane. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.